Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. The White Hat by Sax Romer from Tales of Chinatown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Perard. The White Hat by Sax Romer. Part 1. Major Jack Ragstaff. Hello, Ennis, said Paul Harley as his secretary entered. Someone is making a devil of a row outside. This is the offender, Mr. Harley, said Ennis, and handed my friend a visiting card. Glancing at the card, Harley read aloud, Major J.E.P. Ragstaff, Cavalry Club. Meanwhile, a loud, harsh voice, which would have been audible in a full gale, was roaring in the lobby. Nonsense, I could hear the Major shouting, Balderdash! There's more fuss than if I had asked for an interview with a prime minister. Piffle! Balderdash! and his smile developed into a laugh in which harley joined then admit the major he said into the study where harley and i had been seated quietly smoking there presently strode a very choleric anglo-indian he wore a horsey check suit and white spats and his tie closely resembled a stock in his hand he carried a heavy malacca cane gloves and one of those tall light gray hats commonly termed white he was below medium height slim and wiry his gait and the shape of his legs his build all proclaimed the dragoon his complexion was purple and the large white teeth visible beneath a bristling gray moustache added to the natural ferocity of his appearance standing just within the doorway mr paul harley he shouted it was apparently an inquiry but it sounded like a reprimand my friend standing before the fireplace his hands in his pockets and his pipe in his mouth nodded brusquely i am paul harley he said won't you sit down major ragstaff glancing angrily at ennis as the latter left the study tossed his stick and gloves onto a settee and drawing up a chair seated himself stiffly upon it as though he were in a saddle he stared straight at harley and you are not the sort of person i expected sir he declared may i ask if it is your custom to keep clients dancing on the mat and all that on the blasted mat sir harley suppressed a smile and i hastily reached for my cigarette case which i had placed upon the mantel-shelf i am always naturally pleased to see clients major ragstaff said harley but a certain amount of routine is necessary even in civilian life 
you had not advised me of your visit and it is contrary to my custom to discuss business after five o'clock as harley spoke the major glared at him continuously and then i have seen you in india he roared damn i've seen you in india and yes in turkey ha i've got you now sir he sprang to his feet you're the harley who was in constantinople in nineteen twelve quite true then i've come to the wrong shop that remains to be seen major but i was told you were a private detective and all that so i am said harley quietly in nineteen twelve the foreign office was my client i am now at the service of anyone who cares to employ me hell said major he seemed to be temporarily stricken speechless by the discovery that a man who had acted for the british government should be capable of stooping to the work of a private inquiry agent staring all about the room with a sort of naive wonderment he drew out a big silk handkerchief and loudly blew his nose all the time eyeing harley questioningly replacing his handkerchief he directed his regard upon me and this is my friend mr knox said harley you may state your case before him without hesitation unless i rose to depart but sit down mr knox sit down sir shouted the major i have no dirty linen to wash no skeletons in the cupboard or piffle of that kind i simply want something explained which i am too thick-headed too damn thick-headed sir to explain myself he resumed his seat and taking out his wallet extracted from it a small newspaper cutting which he offered to harley read that mr harley he directed read it aloud harley read as follows before mr smith at marlborough street police court john edward bampton was charged with assaulting a well-known clubman in bond street on wednesday evening it was proved by the constable who made the arrest that robbery had not been the motive of the assault and bampton confessed that he bore no grudge against the assailed man indeed that he had never seen him before he pleaded intoxication and the police surgeon testified that although not actually intoxicated his breath had smelled strongly of liquor at the time of his arrest bampton's employers testified to a hitherto blameless character and as the charge was not pressed the man was dismissed with the caution having read the paragraph harley glanced at the major with a puzzled expression the point of this quite escapes me he confessed is that so said major ragstaff is that so sir perhaps you will be good enough to read this from his wallet he took a second newspaper cutting smaller than the first and gummed to a sheet of club note-paper harley took it and read as follows mr delano a well-known member of the stock exchange who met with a serious accident recently is still in a precarious condition the puzzled look on harley's face grew more acute and the major watched him with an expression which i can only describe as one of fierce enjoyment you're thinking i'm a damned old fool ain't you he shouted suddenly scarcely that said harley smiling slightly but the significance of these paragraphs is not apparent i must confess the man bampton would not appear to be an interesting character and since no great damage has been done his drunken frolic hardly comes within my sphere of mr delano 
of the stock exchange i never heard unless he happens to be a member of the firm of delana and day he's not a member of that firm sir shouted the major he was up to six o'clock this evening what do you mean exactly inquired harley and the tone of his voice suggested that he was beginning to entertain doubts of the major's sanity or sobriety then he's dead declared the latter dead as the beacon of bangalore he died at six o'clock i've just spoken to his widow on the telephone i suppose i must have been staring very hard at the speaker and certainly harley was doing so for suddenly directing his fierce gaze toward me you're completely treed sir and so's your friend shouted major ragstaff i confess it replied harley quietly and since my time is of some little value i would suggest without disrespect that you explain the connection if any between yourself the drunken bampton and mr delana of the stock exchange who died you inform us at six o'clock this evening as the result presumably of injuries received in an accident that's what i'm here for cried major ragstaff in the first place then i am the party although i saw to it that my name was kept out of print whom the drunken lunatic assaulted harley pipe in hand stared at the speaker perplexedly understand me continued the major i am the person i jack ragstaff he assaulted i was walking down from my quarters in maddox street on my way to dine at the club same as i do every night of my life when this flaming idiot sprang upon me grabbed my hat he took up his white hat to illustrate what had occurred not this one but one like it pitched it on the ground and jumped on it harley was quite unable to conceal his smiles as the excited old soldier dropped his conspicuous headgear on the floor and indulged in a vigorous pantomime designed to illustrate his statement most extraordinary said harley what did you do what did i do roared the major i gave him a crack on the head with my cane and i said things to him which couldn't be repeated in court i punched him and likewise hoofed him but the hat was completely done in damn crowd collected hearin me swearin and bellowin police and all that names and addresses and all that balderdash man lugged away to guard-room and me turnin up at the club with no hat damn ridiculous spectacle at my time of life quite so said harley soothingly i appreciate your annoyance but i am utterly at a loss to understand why you have come here and what all this has to do with mr delana of the stock exchange he fell out of the window shouted the major fell out of a window out of a window sir a second-floor window ten yards up a side street pitched on his skull marvel he wasn't killed outright a faint expression of interest began to creep into harley's glance and i understand you to mean major ragstaff he said deliberately that while your struggle with the drunken man was in progress mr delana fell out of a neighboring window into the street right shouted the major right sir do you know this mr delana never heard of him in my life until the accident occurred seems to me the poor devil leaned out to see the fun and overbalanced 
felt responsible only natural and made inquiries he died at six o'clock this evening sir hm said harley reflectively i still fail to see where i come in from what window did he fall window above a sort of tea-shop called cafe dame damn silly name place on a corner don't know name of side street hm you don't think he was pushed out for instance certainly not shouted the major he just fell out but the point is he's dead my dear sir said harley patiently i don't dispute that point but what on earth do you want of me i don't know what i want roared the major beginning to walk up and down the room but i know i ain't satisfied not easy in my mind sir i wake up of a night hearing the poor devil's yell as he crashed on the pavement that's all wrong i've heard hundreds of death yells but he took up his malacca cane and beat it loudly on the table i haven't woke up of a night dreaming i heard him again in a word you suspect foul play i don't suspect anything cried the other excitedly but some one mentioned your name to me at the club said you could see through concrete and all that and here i am there's something wrong radically wrong find out what it is and send the bill to me then perhaps i'll be able to sleep in peace he paused and again taking out the large silk handkerchief blew his nose loudly harley glanced at me in rather an odd way and then there will be no bill major ragstaff he said but if i can see any possible line of inquiry i will pursue it and report the result to you part two a curious outrage what do you make of it harley i asked paul harley returned a work of reference to its shelf and stood staring absently across the study our late visitor's history does not help us much he replied a somewhat distinguished army career and so forth and his only daughter sybil margaret married the fifth marquis of ireton she is therefore the noted social beauty the marchioness of ireton does this suggest anything to your mind nothing whatever i said blankly nor to mine murmured harley the telephone bell rang hallo called harley yes that you wessex have you got the address good no i shall remember it many thanks good-bye he turned to me i suggest knox he said that we make our call and then proceed to dinner as arranged since i was always glad of an opportunity of studying my friend's methods i immediately agreed and ere long leaving the lights of the two big hotels behind our cab was sliding down the long slope which leads to waterloo station thence through crowded slummish high roads we made our way via lambeth to that dismal thoroughfare westminster bridge road with its forbidding often windowless houses and its peculiar air of desolation the house for which we were bound was situated at no great distance from kensington park and telling the cabman to wait harley and i walked up a narrow paved path mounted a flight of steps and rang the bell beside a somewhat time-worn door above which was an old-fashioned fanlight dimly illuminated from within a considerable interval elapsed before the door was opened by a marvellously untidy servant-girl who had apparently been interrupted in the act of blackleading her face partly opening the door she stared at us agape 
pushing back wisps of hair from her eyes and with every movement daubing more of some mysterious black substance upon her countenance is mr bampton in asked harley yes just come in i'm cooking his supper tell him that two friends of his have called on rather important business all right said the black-faced one what name is it no name just say two friends of his trading us to a long vacant stare and leaving us standing on the step the maid in whose hand i perceived a greasy fork shuffled along the passage and began to mount the stairs an unmistakable odour of frying sausages now reached my nostrils harley glanced at me quizzically but said nothing until the cinderella came stumbling downstairs again without returning to where we stood go up she directed second floor front shut the door one of you she disappeared into gloomy depths below as harley and i closing the door behind us proceeded to avail ourselves of the invitation there was very little light on the staircase but we managed to find our way to a poorly furnished bed sitting-room where a small table was spread for a meal beside the table in a chintz-covered armchair a thick-set young man was seated smoking a cigarette and having a copy of the daily telegraph upon his knees he was a very typical lower middle class nothing in particular young man but there was a certain truculence indicated by his square jaw and that sort of self-possession which sometimes accompanies physical strength was evidenced in his manner as tossing the paper aside he stood up good evening mr bampton said harley genially i take it pointing to the newspaper that you are looking for a new job bampton stared a suspicion of anger in his eyes then meeting the amused glance of my friend he broke into a smile very pleasing and humorous he was a fresh-coloured young fellow with hair inclined to redness and smiling he looked very boyish indeed i have no idea who you are he said speaking with a faint north country accent but you evidently know who i am and what has happened to me got the boot asked harley confidentially bampton tossing the end of his cigarette into the grate nodded grimly you haven't told me your name he said but i think i can tell you your business he ceased smiling now look here i don't want any more publicity if you think you are going to make a funny newspaper story out of me change your mind as quick as you like i'll never get another job in london as it is if you drag me any further into the limelight i'll never get another job in england my dear fellow replied harley soothingly at the same time extending his cigarette case you misapprehend the object of my call i am not a reporter what said bampton pausing in the act of taking a cigarette then what the devil are you my name is paul harley and i am a criminal investigator he spoke the words deliberately having his eyes fixed upon the other's face but although bampton was palpably startled there was no trace of fear in his straightforward glance he took a cigarette from the case and thanks mr harley he said i cannot imagine what business has brought you here i have come to ask you two questions was the reply number one who paid you to smash major ragstaff's white hat number two how much did he pay you to these questions i listened in amazement and my amazement was evidently shared by bampton he had been in the act of lighting his cigarette 
but he allowed the match to burn down nearly to his fingers and then dropped it with a muttered exclamation in the fire finally i don't know how you found out he said but you evidently know the truth provided you assure me that you are not out to make a silly season newspaper story i'll tell you all i know harley laid his card on the table and unless the ends of justice demand it he said i give you my word that anything you care to say will go no further you may speak freely before my friend mr knox simply tell me in as few words as possible what led you to court arrest in that manner right replied bantam i will he half closed his eyes reflectively i was having tea in the lion's cafe to which i always go last monday afternoon about four o'clock when a man sat down facing me and got into conversation describe him he was a man rather above medium height i should say about my own build dark going gray he had a neat moustache and a short beard and the look of a man who had travelled a lot his skin was very tanned almost as deeply as yours mr harley not at all the sort of chap that goes in there as a rule after a while he made an extraordinary proposal at first i thought he was joking then when i grasped the idea that he was serious i concluded he was mad he asked me how much a year i earned and i told him peters and peters paid me a hundred and fifty pounds he said i'll give you a year's salary to knock a man's hat off as bampton spoke the words he glanced at us with twinkling eyes but although for my own part i was merely amused harley's expression had grown very stern of course i laughed continued bampton but when the man drew out a fat wallet and counted ten five-pound notes on the table i began to think seriously about his proposal even supposing he was cracked it was absolutely money for nothing of course he said you'll lose your job and you may be arrested but you'll say that you had been out with a few friends and were a little excited also that you never could stand white hats stick to that story and the balance of a hundred pounds will reach you on the following morning i asked him for further particulars and i asked him why he had picked me for the job he replied that he had been looking for some time for the right man a man who was strong enough physically to accomplish the thing and someone rampton's eyes twinkled again with a dash of the devil in him but at the same time a man who could be relied upon to stick to his guns and not to give the game away you asked me to be brief and i'll try to be the man in the white hat was described to me and the exact time and place of the meeting i just had to grab his white hat smash it and face the music i agreed i don't deny that i had a couple of stiff drinks before i set out but the memory of that fifty pounds locked up here in my room and the further hundred promised bucked me up wonderfully it was impossible to mistake my man i could see him coming toward me as i waited just outside a sort of little restaurant called the cafe dame as arranged i bumped into him grabbed his hat and jumped on it he paused raising his hand to his head reminiscently my man was a bit of a scrapper he continued and he played hell i've never heard such language in my life and the way he laid about me with his cane is something i am not likely to forget in a hurry the crowd gathered naturally and also naturally i was pinched it didn't matter much 
i got off lightly and although i've been dismissed by peters and peters twenty crisp fibers are locked in my trunk there with the tin which i received in the city harley checked him and may i see the envelope in which they arrived he asked sorry replied bampton but i burned it i thought it was playing the game to do so it wouldn't have helped you much though he added it was an ordinary common envelope posted in the city address typewritten and not a line enclosed registered no bampton stood looking at us with a curious expression on his face and suddenly there's one point he said on which my conscience isn't easy you know about that poor devil who fell out of a window well it would never have happened if i hadn't kicked up a row in the street there's no doubt he was leaning out to see what the disturbance was about when the accident occurred did you actually see him fall asked harley no he fell from a window several yards behind me in the side street but i heard him cry out and as i was lugged off by the police i heard the bell of the ambulance which came to fetch him he paused again and stood rubbing his head ruefully hmm said harley was there anything particularly remarkable about this man in the lions cafe bampton reflected silently for some moments and then nothing much he was evidently a gentleman wore a blue top-coat a dark tweed suit and what looked like a regimental tie but i didn't see much of the colors he was very tanned as i have said even to the backs of his hands and oh yes there was one point he had a gold-covered tooth which tooth i can't remember except that it was on the left side and i always noticed it when he smiled did he wear any ring or pen which you would recognize no had he any oddity of speech or voice no just a heavy drawling manner he spoke like thousands of other cultured englishmen but wait a minute yes there was one other point now i come to think of it his eyes were slightly slanted upward harley stared like a chinaman's oh nothing so marked as that but the same sort of formation harley nodded briskly and buttoned up his overcoat thanks mr bampton he said we will detain you no longer as we descended the stairs where the smell of frying sausages had given place to that of something burning probably the sausages i was half inclined to think that major ragstaff's ideas were traceable to a former touch of the sun said Har- hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com quality sleep is essential for boosting energy recovery and well-being so take your sleep to the next level with sleep number with a sleep number smart bed you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now the queen sleep number c4 smart bed is only one thousand five hundred and ninety nine dollars a saving of three hundred dollars only for a limited time for J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
really i begin to believe that he has put us on the track of a highly unusual crime i am sorry to delay dinner knox but i propose to call at the cafe dame part three a criminal genius on entering the doorway of the cafe dame we found ourselves in a narrow passage in front of us was a carpeted stair and to the right a glass-panelled door communicating with a discreetly lighted little dining-room which seemed to be well patronized opening the door harley beckoned to a waiter and i wish to see the proprietor he said mr meyer is engaged at the moment sir was the reply where is he in his office upstairs sir he will be down in a moment the waiter hurried away and harley stood glancing up the stairs as if in doubt what to do i cannot imagine how such a place can pay he muttered the rent must be enormous in this district but even before he ceased speaking i became aware of an excited conversation which was taking place in some apartment above it's scandalous i heard in a woman's shrill voice you have no right to keep it it's not your property and i'm here to demand that you give it up a man's voice replied in a voluble broken english but i could only distinguish a word here and there i saw that harley was interested for catching my questioning glance he raised his finger to his lips enjoining me to be silent oh that's the game is it continued the female voice of course you know it's blackmail a flow of unintelligible words answered this speech then i shall come back with someone cried the invisible woman who will make you give it up knox whispered harley in my ear when that woman comes down follow her i'm afraid you will bungle the business and i would not ask you to attempt it if big things were not at stake return here i shall wait as a matter of fact his sudden request had positively astounded me but ere i had time for any reply a door suddenly banged open above and a respectable-looking woman who might have been some kind of upper servant came quickly down the stairs an expression of intense indignation rested upon her face and without seeming to notice our presence she brushed past us and went out into the street off you go knox said harley seeing myself committed to an unpleasant business i slipped out of the doorway and detected the woman five or six yards away hurrying in the direction of piccadilly i had no difficulty in following her for she was evidently unsuspicious of my presence and when presently she mounted a westward-bound bus i did likewise but while she got inside i went on top and occupied a seat on the near side whence i could observe anyone leaving the vehicle if i had not known paul harley so well i should have counted the whole business at a ridiculous farce but recognizing that something underlay these seemingly trivial and disconnected episodes i lighted a cigarette and resigned myself to circumstance at hyde park corner i saw the woman descending and when presently she walked up hamilton place i was not far behind her at the door of an imposing mansion she stopped and in response to a ring of the bell the door was opened by a footman and the woman hurried in evidently she was an inmate of the establishment and conceiving that my duty was done when i had noted the number of the house i retraced my steps to the corner and hailing a taxicab returned to the cafe dame on inquiring of the same waiter whom harley had accosted whether my friend was there 
i think a gentleman is upstairs with mr meyer said the man in his office yes sir thereupon i mounted the stairs and before a half-open door paused harley's voice was audible within and therefore i knocked and entered i discovered harley standing by an american desk beside him in a revolving chair which with the desk constituted the principal furniture of a tiny office sat a man in a dress suit which had palpably not been made for him he had a sullen and suspiciously teutonic cast of countenance and he was engaged in a voluble but hardly intelligible speech as i entered ha knots said harley glancing over his shoulder did you manage yes i replied harley nodded shortly and turned again to the man in the chair i am sorry to give you so much trouble mr meyer he said but i should like my friend here to see the room above at this moment my attention was attracted by a singular object which lay upon the desk amongst a litter of bills and accounts this was a piece of rusty iron bar somewhat less than three feet in length and which once had been painted green you are looking at this tragic fragment knox said harley taking up the bar of course he shrugged his shoulders it explains the whole unfortunate occurrence you see there was a flaw in the metal at this end here he indicated the spot and the other end had evidently worn loose in its socket but i don't understand it will all be made clear at the inquest no doubt a most unfortunate thing for you mr meyer most unfortunate declared the proprietor of the restaurant extending his thick hands pathetically most ruinous to my business we will go upstairs now said harley you will kindly lead the way mr meyer and the whole thing will be quite clear to you knox as the proprietor walked out of the office and upstairs to the second floor harley whispered in my ear where did she go number blank hamilton place i replied in an undertone good god muttered my friend and clutched my arm so tightly that i winced good god the master touch knox this crime was the work of a genius of a genius with slightly very slightly oblique eyes opening a door on the second landing mr meyer admitted us to a small supper room its furniture consisted of a round dining-table several chairs a couch and very little else i observed however that the furniture carpet and a few other appointments were of a character much more elegant than those of the public room below a window which overlooked the street was open so that the plush curtains which had been drawn aside moved slightly to and fro in the drop the window of the tragedy knocks explained harley he crossed the room if you will stand here beside me you will see the gap in the railing caused by the breaking away of the fragment which now lies on mr meyer's desk some few yards to the left in the street below is where the assault took place of which we have heard and the unfortunate mr delana who was dining here alone an eccentric custom of his naturally ran to the window upon hearing the disturbance and leaned out supporting his weight upon the railing the rail collapsed and we know the rest it will ruin me groaned meyer it will give bad repute to my establishment i fear it will agreed harley sympathetically unless we can manage to clear up one or two little difficulties which i have observed for instance he tapped the proprietor on the shoulder confidentially have you any idea 
any hazy idea of the identity of the woman who was dining here with mr de lana on wednesday night the effect of this simple inquiry upon the proprietor was phenomenal his fat yellow face assumed a sort of leaden hue and his already prominent eyes protruded abnormally he licked his lips i tell you already i tell you he muttered that mr de lana he engaged this room every wednesday and sometimes also friday and dine here by himself and i tell you said harley sweetly that you are an inspired liar you smuggled her out by the side entrance after the accident the side entrance muttered meyer the side entrance exactly the side entrance there is something else which i must ask you to tell me who had engaged this room on tuesday night the night before the accident the proprietor's expression remained uncomprehending and a gentleman he said i never see him before another solitary diner suggested harley yes he is alone all the evening waiting for a friend who does not arrive ah mused harley alone all the evening was he and his friend disappointed him may i suggest that he was a dark man gray at the temples having a dark beard and moustache and a very tanned face his eyes slanted slightly upward yes yes cried meyer and his astonishment was patently unfeigned it is a friend of yours a friend of mine yes said harley absently but his expression was very grim what time did he finally leave he waited until after eleven o'clock the dinner is spoiled he pays but does not complain no said harley musingly he had nothing to complain about one more question my friend when the lady escaped hurriedly on wednesday night what was it that she left behind and what price are you trying to extort from for returning it at that the man collapsed entirely ah gott he cried and raised his hand to his clammy forehead you will ruin me i am a ruined man i don't try to extort anything i run an honest business and one of the most profitable in the world added harley since the days of thighs to our own even at bond street rentals i assume that a house of assignation is a golden enterprise ah groaned meyer i am ruined so what does it matter i tell you everything i know mr delana who engages my room regularly but i don't know who the lady is who meets him here no i swear it but always it is the same lady when he falls i am downstairs in my office and i hear him cry out the lady comes running from the room and begs of me to get her away without being seen and to keep all mention of her out of the matter what did she pay you asked harley pay me muttered meyer pulled up thus shortly in the midst of his statement pay you exactly don't argue answer the man delivered himself of a guttural choking sound and finally she promised me one hundred pounds he confessed hoarsely but you surely did not accept a mere promise out with it what did she give you a ring came the confession at last a ring i see i will take it with me if you don't mind and now finally what was it that she left behind ah gott moaned the man dropping into a chair and resting his arms upon the table it is all a great panic you see i hurry her out by the back stair from this landing and she forgets her bag her bag good 
then i clear away the remains of dinner so i can say mr de lena is dining alone it is as much my interest as the ladies of course i quite understand i will trouble you no more mr meyer except to step into your office and to relieve you of that incriminating evidence the lady's bag and her ring part four the slanting eyes do you understand knox said harley as the cab bore us toward hamilton place do you grasp the details of this cunning scheme on the contrary i replied i am hopelessly at sea nevertheless i had forgotten that i was hungry in the excitement which now claimed me for although the thread upon which these seemingly disconnected things hung was invisible to me i recognized that bampton the city clerk the bearded stranger who had made so singular a proposition to him the white-hatted major the dead stockbroker and the mysterious woman whose presence in the case the clear sight of harley had promptly detected all were linked together by some subtle chain i was convinced too that my friend held at least one end of that chain in his grip in order to prepare your mind for the interview which i hope to obtain this evening continued harley let me enlighten you upon one or two points which may seem obscure in the first place you recognize that anyone leaning out of the window on the second floor would almost automatically rest his weight upon the iron bar which was placed there for that very purpose since the ledge is unusually low quite i replied and it also follows that if the bar gave way anyone thus leaning on it would be pitched into the street your reasoning is correct but my dear fellow said i how could such an accident have been foreseen you speak of an accident this was no accident one end of the bar had been filed completely through although the file marks had been carefully concealed with rust and dirt and the other end had been wrenched out from its socket and then replaced in such a way that anyone leaning upon the bar could not fail to be precipitated into the street good heavens then you mean i mean knox that the man who occupied this upper room on the night before the tragedy the dark man tanned and bearded with slightly oblique eyes spent his time in filing through that bar in short in preparing a death-trap i was almost dumbfounded but harley i said assuming that he knew his victim would be the next occupant of the room how could he know i stopped suddenly as if a curtain had been raised the details of what i now perceived to be a fiendishly cunning murder were revealed to me according to his own account knox resumed harley major ragstaff regularly passed along that street with military punctuality at the same hour every night you may take it for granted that the murderer was well aware of this as a matter of fact i happen to know that he was we must also take it for granted that the murderer knew of these little dinners for two which took place in the private room above the cafe dame every wednesday and sometimes on friday around the figure of the methodical major with his conspicuous white hat as a sort of focus was built up one of the most ingenious schemes of murder with which i have ever come in contact the victim literally killed himself but harley the victim might have ignored the disturbance 
that is where i first detected the touch of genius knox he recognized the voice of one of the combatants or his companion did here we are the cab drew up before the house in hamilton place we alighted and hardly pressed the bell the same footman whom i had seen admit the woman opened the door is lady ireton at home asked harley as he uttered the name i literally held my breath we had come to the house of major ragstaff's daughter the marchioness of ireton one of society's most celebrated and beautiful hostesses the wife of a peer famed alike as sportsman soldier and scholar i believe she is dining at home sir said the man shall i inquire be good enough to do so replied harley and gave him a card inform her that i wish to return to her a handbag which she lost a few days ago the man ushered us into an anteroom opening off the lofty and rather gloomy hall and as the door closed harley i said in a stage whisper am i to believe can you doubt it returned harley with a grim smile a few moments later we were shown into a charmingly intimate little boudoir in which lady ireton was waiting to receive us she was a strikingly handsome brunette but to-night her face which normally i think possessed rich colouring was almost pallid and there was a hunted look in her dark eyes which made me wish to be anywhere rather than where i found myself without preamble she rose and addressed harley i fail to understand your message sir she said and i admired the imperious courage with which she faced him you say you have recovered a handbag which i had lost harley bowed and from the pocket of his greatcoat took out a silken tasseled bag the one which you left in the cafe dame lady ireton he replied here also i have from another pocket he drew out a diamond ring something which was extorted from you by the fellow meyer without touching her recovered property lady ireton sank slowly down into the chair from which she had arisen her gaze fixed as if hypnotically upon the speaker my friend mr knox is aware of all the circumstances continued the latter but he is as anxious as i am to terminate this painful interview i surmise that what occurred on wednesday night was this correct me if i am wrong while dining with mr delano you heard sounds of altercation in the street below may i suggest that you recognized one of the voices lady ireton still staring straight before her at harley inclined her head in assent i heard my father's voice she said hoarsely quite so he continued i am aware that major ragstaff is your father he turned to me do you recognize the touch of genius at last then again addressing lady ireton you naturally suggested to your companion that he should look out of the window in order to learn what was taking place the next thing you knew was that he had fallen into the street below lady ireton shuddered and raised her hands to her face it is retribution she whispered i have brought this ruin upon myself but he does not deserve her voice faded into silence and you refer to your husband lord ireton said harley lady ireton nodded and again recovering power of speech it was to have been our last meeting she said looking up at harley she shuddered and her eyes blazed into sudden fierceness 
then clenching her hands she looked aside oh god the shame of this hour she whispered and i would have given much to have been spared the spectacle of this proud erring woman's humiliation but paul harley was scientifically remorseless i could detect no pity in his glance i would give my life willingly to spare my husband the knowledge of what has been said lady ireton in a low monotonous voice three times i sent my maid to mire to recover my bag but he demanded a price which even i could not pay now it is all discovered and harry will know that i fear is unavoidable lady ireton declared harley may i ask where lord ireton is at present he is in africa after big game said harley in africa and after big game i can offer you one consolation lady ireton in his own interests meyer will stick to his first assertion that mr delana was dining alone a strange horribly pathetic look came into the woman's haunted eyes you you are not acting for she began i am acting for no one replied harley tersely upon my friend's discretion you may rely as upon my own then why should he ever know she whispered why indeed murmured harley since he is in africa as we descended the stair to the hall my friend paused and pointed to a life-sized oil painting by london's most fashionable portrait painter it was that of a man in the uniform of a guard's officer a dark man slightly gray at the temples his face very tanned as if by exposure to the sun having had no occasion for disguise when the portrait was painted said harley lord ireton appears here without the beard and as he is not represented smiling one cannot see the gold tooth but the painter if anything has accentuated the slanting eyes you see the fourth marquis the present lord ireton's father married one of the world-famous yen sun girls daughters of the mandarin of that name by an irish wife hence the eyes and hence but harley it was murder not within the meaning of the law knox it was a recrudescence of chinese humour lord ireton is officially in africa and he went actually after big game the council is not born who could secure a conviction we are somewhat late but shall therefore have less difficulty in finding a table at prince's end of the white hat by sax romer